everyone, Lynn Smith here, and welcome to Stroller Coaster, the podcast that takes you on the wild ride of parenting that we're all on together. <laughs> Created by Munchkin. No wonder they're the most loved baby brand in the world. As always, my producer Justin is here. Hi, Justin. Hello, how are you? So good to have you here. You know, this is a tough topic. Frankly, it's taboo. I have a hard time talking about it. I know my girlfriends do. It's the topic of bonding and how it's not always so simple that we don't just step into this role as a parent and feel immediately connected. And it's tough to talk about because we are embarrassed at times. I know that I am. Here's some of what we've heard. Things like, uh, sometimes I don't feel a thing. Or like, crap, I have no life. Or feeling like you're just a milking station and where is my husband? Where's my partner who's supposed to be helping me with this? Justin, how do you feel about the topic? When I think of bonding, I think of that moment when my first daughter was born and the doctor said to me, like, well, it's really important that you do some skin-to-skin bonding. But they didn't explain what it was, that it's it's just this mysterious biological process that they just threw me into. So from the very beginning, bonding is a mystery. Yeah, so it's an interesting subject. It's a tough one to talk about, but it's important to get to the root of it so that we don't feel that shame. And we want to take all of these things to our expert team, Dr. Gabriel Morin and Dr. Michelle Weirsgala, who who will explore this topic with us. Then we're going to learn even more when we hear from Jen Malia. She's a mom who transformed the relationship she has with her son, and we're going to find out what she did to create a connection in an entirely new way. Let's go. I am so excited to bring in our guests today, Dr. Gabriel Morin and Dr. Michelle Weirsgala. They are nationally recognized experts in reproductive mental health, They are authors of Myself Again, The Parent's Postpartum Survival Guide. Dr. Marin is also leading an award-winning reproductive mental health program that's focusing on helping parents struggling with postpartum and so much more. Thank you so much for being with me. Thank you for having us. I think this, this pressure to bond instantly is really wearing on a lot of us parents. I know from my own experience, when I had my first son, I really struggled. And it's hard to admit it, but it's true. Mm -hmm. He was colicky. I would look at him sometimes and say, does he even know that I'm his mom? Am I alone? And feeling like this bonding moment is not something that just happens right out of the gate. No, no, you're not alone at all. And I think more people than not probably have some version of that experience where it's not this magical, instantaneous attachment and love. It can be affection and love. And I love this person, this little human. But I think bonding is, um, it's a much deeper process and it takes a process. You know, we don't make best friends with someone the first time we meet them. We don't fall into deep love with a spouse on a first date, right? You have to get to know somebody over time. And I think our babies are the same way. But society tells us that it should be instantaneous, particularly for mothers. There's so much pressure in the media, in society in general. We get these messages that you're supposed to be able to do this exactly right immediately. And that's the exception rather than the rule. People are all finding their way when it comes to having newborns, especially if you haven't done this before. And you can read as many parenting books and do as much Googling as you want. But until you're really in it, I think it's difficult to know what's going to work for this kiddo, what's going to work for you as a parent. You mentioned colic, and that makes it extra hard, I think, because you're not getting that sort of positive feedback that you're looking for where the baby's smiling at you. And so I think that can add to the challenges with this as well. There's also a part of yourself that you're letting go of, right? Life mm-hmm. before children. You're debonding from your old self and you're yes. almost bonding with your new self 
as a parent, are there things that we can do to nurture what you say is something that happens over time? I love that you point out this isn't something that happens overnight. Yeah. One is strictly just letting yourself know it's tiny little moments over and over and over again. And giving yourself that grace takes the pressure down and gives you some breathing room. One of my favorite things that I tell parents, especially with little tiny babies who maybe aren't even making noises other than crying right now, is to just talk to them through the day. Narrate your day. You know, now I'm folding the laundry. We're going to get in the car and go to the store and all of that because when we think about it as adults, as grownups, and even as older kids, we form bonds through talking. And the tone of our voice, even if they don't know the words, is part of that bond. And it's such a simple thing to do. If you're home by yourself with a baby, it's nice to have at least someone to kind of talk to and not get too lonely. Just being able to talk to your baby, what are some of the other things that we can do that make us feel like we're connecting, where they're interacting more with us? One of the things that can be so helpful for that is doing things together, whatever form that takes. And whether it's just a target run and you're narrating on the way with a three-year-old, that can be a great adventure. They can help you find the cereal aisle and that kind of thing, all the way up to fun stuff like, you know, going to the apple orchard in the fall and having those great adventures too. But just building more into your life, I think that helps as well with sort of saying goodbye to child-free life and embracing what it's like to be a parent and how life is different now and can be fun and beautiful and delightful in its own way. Sometimes there are friends out there that say to you, everything's so great. And you're like, wait, I'm struggling a little bit. What are some of the other things we can do in that case? I think what can often help in that case is connecting with other parents on a deeper level. Yes, you'll see kids at the park with their parents and they'll say, yes, everything's fantastic. And we always wonder, especially in the mental health field, you know, is this the honest truth? Is this really what's happening? Because for so many people, there are struggles one way or another. And people may be doing great, but I guarantee you they're not 100% without some kind of difficulty or challenge. And so connecting with other parents, whether that takes the form of parenting group, there are lots of parenting support groups. School districts will often do early childhood education groups that can be fantastic because you're with parents who are in a similar developmental stage that can give you the opportunity to get a little bit deeper than just the quick five-minute conversation on the playground to actually sit down with people and talk about this in depth can make a big difference in that too. It's like when you say it out loud and someone's like, yeah. right, I know, that's me <laughs> exactly. too, yep. me too. There have been times where I wish I could go back to those early days and be the kind of mother that I am now. And I say that for others who might be in those early stages to give yourself grace and to let yourself grow and evolve. You know, it's different for different families. You have adoptive families or step families. I've said this before, but I feel like we grow into our roles as parents. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm a psychologist, right? I'm literally trained in how to interact with humans. But I still had to learn to be a parent. And I had to learn mm -hmm. to be a parent to this little human. What you do to bond with a six-week-old or a six-month-old is, of course, different, right? That's snuggles and cooing and that sort of thing. Versus my 10-year-old, we're going to talk about school and friends. You're still building a relationship. The through line through all of it is as a parent, are you consistent and are you there and reliable? Consistency and reliability. Like when I need mom or dad, mom or yep. dad is there. Let's talk about dads here because mm -hmm. especially in those early days where baby is tethered to mom, whether that's nursing or just nature 
where they might feel it's so challenging. I was talking to Justin about this and he felt it was such a precious bond between mother and child that he was just sort of like, where do I fit in here? And he created windows of time that he could be there as a dad, but also be there as a husband for his wife. And I just thought it was really beautiful. What advice do you have for dads on ways to create those windows of time? Yeah, absolutely. I love that idea of window of time because yeah. really what we're talking about here is we'll say the primary caregiver, which is often the person who gave birth to you typically or whoever is home more with the kiddos. They mm -hmm. get lots of practice with this little human and figuring out what does this little human like or not like. And the non-primary parent often is like taking a second seat in the back and they need to learn that competency. That's really what parenting and bonding Part of it is, is feeling, I feel competent that when my kiddo needs me, I have the skills, the tools, the approach, the patience, et cetera. Michelle and I often talk to new parents about this exact thing that both parents need FaceTime with their children so that they can feel competent. They will know what to do too. If you were to say anything to a new parent or parent in general of any age that might be feeling like they're not winning at the bonding game, what would give them peace of mind that they're doing the best they can? I think the very first thing is to acknowledge that and empathize. And there are a few things more powerful when someone is struggling to have somebody say, oof, that sounds hard. And just leave it at that for a minute. And then, you know, if they want more advice, you can go on to give that. But being able to sit with them in the psychology and psychiatry world, we call that bearing the affect, meaning this is hard stuff. It's kind of unpleasant to feel this way sometimes. And you can get through it and you can do great. And there will be these other lovely times where things are joyful and delightful. And everybody has these times that are hard. So giving that acknowledgement and just saying, hey, we can talk about this. There's nothing shameful or embarrassing about it. Everybody struggles with this and you're going to be fine. Such incredible information and important information for everybody out there who is wanting the best when it comes to bonding with their children. So here were some of my big takeaways. Bonding happens in a series of moments. It happens mm -hmm. over time. It's not something instantaneous. Yeah, it, to me, it's like reliability is a big part of it, consistency. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. It's like getting to know someone like a best friend uh, <laughs> as an adult. Allow the process to take that long. And early on, you don't feel like you're not going to get that validation. It's a baby. Right. They don't know that bonding right. is important to you. So they're just trying to live. I mean, let's just even think about the fact that babies can't make eye contact in the beginning. So let's not take those things personally. Like I wanted my son to look at me and be like, mom. I'm so glad you're here. Well, they can't do that. Right. Jen Malia didn't feel like she and her son were bonding. So what did she do in that situation? Let's find out what she did to transform that relationship. Here's our correspondent Fleece with the parenting story of the day. The first time Jen Malia felt she was having trouble bonding with her son was when he was a toddler. She was concerned. We would have these moments where there'd just be this heated anger. When he's yelling at me, I would be yelling back, taking it personally. I might go knock on his door and he's like, no, don't come in here. He didn't want to talk about anything that was bothering him at school. I was feeling really frustrated because I thought I'm failing as a parent if I can't connect with my child. At the same time, she was on overload. Being a working mom of three it was about getting through the day and it wasn't about bonding. 
it was really hard for me to handle all of it. Taking them to daycare back and forth or dropping them at preschool and then driving to work and back and forth. You know, my husband works full time too. And I was struggling. I was having lots of migraines. I even ended up hospitalized at one point because of the stress. Jen and her husband talked about her feeling overwhelmed, and he took on more responsibilities at home. This relief gave her the ability to slow down and try something new. We realized that we needed to schedule family time that was not taking the kids to school and taking them to appointments. It was just about spending time as a family. Once we started doing that and putting that in our schedule, we weren't just going through the motions. With scheduled movie nights, hikes, and even writing stories together, they started bonding more as a family, but she still struggled to connect with her son. It felt like he wasn't really sharing much with me because maybe he didn't really trust me. He didn't feel like I was really listening to him. That was something that needed to change. One thing that I started doing is I would pause when he would yell at me and I would respond not by yelling back, I would say to him, is that okay to yell at your mom? I'm not angry at you. Eventually he would understand that I was actually making a good point. <laughs> like, yeah, I should not be yelling at my mom. To continue building trust, she went where he spent a lot of his time, the playroom. She noticed that he loved playing with brick builders. I decided that was my way in. That was how I could connect with him. He was excited at, at first. Oh, wow, mom's going to spend time in the playroom too. But is she just going to tell us to clean up or is she actually coming in here because she wants to spend time in here? By showing him that my interest was in what he was doing, he would start to tell me about it. He's like, look at this. I was learning from him. And I think that's where bonding really comes to when your kids can teach you something. She also tried new timing. One way to really connect with him would be to meet him where he is and don't try to get him to tell me about his day at school just as he walks in the door because he's not going to tell me, <laughs> but to just wait until we are comfortable in a space that he enjoys. So slowing down and trying to find ways to connect with him on his level, I think really made a difference. Just talk about other things while building with bricks. My son started telling me about these bad days at school or just things that he wouldn't really talk to me about before. I felt like we were connected on a level where he trusted me to hear about those things. We had a, a time where he was getting teased a lot at school and he didn't really want to tell me, but you know, he did let me know. And that's how I was able to reach out to the principal and get him help at school. And things are much better now because he was willing to communicate. Bonding isn't just during the good times. Bonding is also during the bad times. These small moments they were sharing together over time building trust created results beyond the playroom. I noticed a whole change in the way he expressed himself. It wasn't just the smile on his face. He was able to control his emotions better. He wasn't getting as angry or frustrated. And all of those things, I think, come from that lack of connection. So, you know, you're going to be a more angry and frustrated person if you don't feel connected to the people around you and the world around you. Jen and her son had mutually built a connection. And one particular brick builder creation said it all. I have a black belt in Taekwondo and my son was training with me and we would put on our uniforms in the living room and he would be kicking a target and stuff like that. He really enjoyed practicing martial arts with me. So in Taekwondo, the training room is called the Dojong. And a few days later, my son showed me this Dojong he created. 
all these different martial art minifigures and he put them all out like they were practicing Taekwondo. He understood that it was something I really enjoyed and that we enjoyed together. I would try to pick up on his interests and now I felt like he was picking up on my interests and trying to make something that he knew that I would appreciate. I just felt like, wow, this is amazing. We really are bonding together in a way that's on a deep level. You know, it's such a touching story because it reminds us that this isn't something that just happens in the good times. Bonding's about getting through difficult times together. And it was really when he told her that he had trouble in school and she could help him that she experienced that bond between the two of them. And maybe what are those questions you can ask your children that allow them to open up to you? Something my wife and I have been doing lately is at night when we put our kids to bed, we'll lay down with each of them for like 10 minutes. And just in that sort of calming phase, it's just like really just chatting. And it's very funny the difference between my two daughters because my younger will – I'll lay down with her and she'll be like, sing a song. And I will. And then she'll be like, all right, uh, I'm going to go to sleep now. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) I've been dismissed. Yeah. (laughs) Then my my older daughter, I'll lay down with her and she's like, why are humans alive? And I'm like, okay, (laughs) this is a larger conversation that we have to have. And she wants to hear about – lately she's been like, where did the earth come from? She has these huge questions. So it's like very much day and night when I'm laying down with each of them. Oh, that's so great. I I had Lachlan ask me the other day. He was like, is 8.58 a real time? And I was like, why do I have to stop and think about that? I don't know, Lachlan. Is it? Why did you you just stump me here? Um, But it's just their their minds. Their questions are hysterical. It's really funny. (laughs) And that's the show. Thanks for taking this wild ride with us as always. And I want to thank Dr. Gabriel Morin, Dr. Michelle Weirs-Gala, and Jen Melia. Also, Thank you for listening. If you liked this episode, share it with your friends, your playgroup, spread the words about our show. And thank you to Munchkin. No wonder they're the most loved baby brand in the world. You can find all your favorite Munchkin products at Target. At Stroller Coaster, we're all about community. So we want to hear from you. If you have a question or there's a topic you want to hear more about, don't hesitate to reach out to us at podcast at munchkin.com. Lynn, we've got big news about Storytime, our podcast that's for kids and parents that uh, features improv actors doing our version of classic kids' stories. We just released a brand new episode. Um, It's our take on the tortoise and the hare. It's called The Turtle (laughs) and the Rabbit, just a little update. And it answers the question, what happens when a rabbit can't stop looking at his phone? Spoiler, he loses. Here's a clip. Once upon a time, there was a rabbit. Hey, hey. Who wasn't very nice. I don't like sharing. I knock over sandcastles. I leave blocks out for parents to step on. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> All right, spoiler alert taken. Justin, where can we find it? It's right here in the same feed. It's called Stroller Coaster Storytime. Give it a listen. Before we go, Munchkin invites you to join us in helping make the planet a better place for our kids. Support organizations that protect animals and their natural habitat, like IFA the International Fund for Animal Welfare. And now that you're ready to do something for the planet, here's something you can do for yourself. Take a time out. We take you to Playa Grande, Costa Rica, home to the endangered leatherback turtles. On this peaceful stretch of Golden Beach, tiny sea turtles emerge from their nests to make their way to the water. It's truly magical. Enjoy. Enjoy. 